1: yo what's good and welcome to kind of funny games daily for tuesday july 26 2022 i'm your host janet garcia and joining me is gary witta welcome
2: hello how are you
1: i'm good how are you it's a witta wednesday on a tuesday
2: with wednesday on a tuesday yeah i'm good today this the timing is good today's actually the first day that i feel 100 percent again i got a covid booster oh um, no on thursday oh no that's good I turned 50 on Thursday, which was a hot... Let's not even get into that. But it was the first day that I could get, like, the old man booster. So I just went and got it straight away. And the previous... uh, I don't know about you, but the previous vaccines that I got and the first booster, I was like, no side effects, nothing. This last one knocked me on my ass for, like, three or four days. 102 fever. I just felt like shit. And it was uh, today's really the first day that I feel, like, fully back. Oh,
1: it's good to have you back. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um, For me... Let's see. I've gotten... There's like the base vaccine, the booster. And I think I'm due for like the second booster Um, at this point. We're just kind of waiting for we're going to go all together. And my um, sister-in-law hurt her ankle. So we're just waiting for that to heal. Um, Nothing too bad so far with, with the shots that I've gotten. Just some soreness in the arm. But um, yeah, it can really it can really uh, get to you. But yeah, when you first started, I was like, oh, no, did you get COVID too? Because it's this new strain is so, so contagious. Um, So I'm glad to, to yeah. hear that you're still healthy Let me tell and you, that, uh, you're keeping up with it
2: if if that booster reaction is any kind of like preview of actual covid you can keep it it was rough
1: oh my gosh it's yeah. so it is so bad um i probably talked about it at some point on content but i was if it wasn't on content it was like through slack or like you know before we like go live or whatever um i forgot who i was talking to but i was like you know i felt kind of um Uh, bad for everyone because like I tweet about like having COVID and everyone was you know really nice about it except except for Greg Um, but everyone was really nice about it and they're like oh you know I hope it's you know hope hoping it's a mild case like hoping you and your family are well and I'm like oh how do I tell them that I'm knocking on death's door it is not a mild case I'm like yo this is real it it hit us really hard oddly enough the only person that was kind of all right generally was my dad who's like the oldest of all of us he's like in his oh I want to say 60s at this point um but he's he you know he he got lucky it was a really mild case for him um but luckily no one and i think as bad as it could be right no one was like hospitalized but yeah definitely really serious and you never you never know how it's gonna hit you but the brain fog is yeah. real
2: don't mess around with it get all your shots i i'm starting to think it's only a matter of time it, it's it, a point now where i'm one of the only people left that i know of who hasn't had yeah. it at some point it's it's bad
1: yeah there's I'm like just, you I'm, there's blasts that's I'm waiting kind of for, a,
2: I'm I'm waiting for all the cases to start popping out of San Diego COVID con that they, you know, they just had this weekend, only a matter of time before we start seeing those popping off, I think.
1: Yeah, it's scary. Also, I feel like now we're um, inadvertently running into our duo trope because like last time we were together, oh, all the right. stories were really dark. <laughs>
2: It was very morbid.
1: And, and and it's like, why did it already get also get dark? Like there were normally this is just like hey, how's it going? Yeah, no, that, like was, me, that was
2: me. That was me. That that was on me. It's I, I still no, it, have to you had good bet.
1: news and then I turned it back. No, it you know, I I'm willing
2: to bet it's only a matter of time before let, let's see. We'll start the clock now. Wait. Let's see how long we can go before we start talking about death.
1: Nothing but and good decay stuff today. And it's entropy. a lot of It's a lot of happy stories today because, of course, today's stories include uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 review roundup spoilers. People love it. We got new PSVR 2 details. Ubisoft emerging to say roller champions isn't dead, isn't yeah it's different isn't dead and more because this is kind of funny games daily we're each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you to the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite, to help support the channel to be part of the show head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for y'all the as dust falls spoiler cast and x cast special is going to be going up today on youtube.com slash kind of funny games so check that out a thank you to our patreon producers far Brady, Gordon McGuire, Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by Me Undies and Chime, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 review roundup, aka Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a must play, aka. Imran was right, a.k.a. will Nick review this one. This is kind of uh, a quick sweep of everyone's reactions, I think, uh, in Slack, seeing how high this Metacritic is. It's currently sitting at a 90 on Metacritic from 30 critics. Um, So let's go down the list from kind of high to low on what people have to say about this game. Uh, Matthew Castle over at VGC gave it 5 out of 5 stars with the headline, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 continues a Switch's incredible JRPG run. They write, here comes Monolith Soft with a 140-hour bruiser of a JRPG, its fourth in 12 years. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 shows us that satisfying storytelling embedded in a vast, not quite open world, is doable. Though how the studio works at this rate is a big mystery, is as big of a mystery as any raised in the game's tale of warring nations and their puppet masters. And so continues one of the great JRPG success stories of the last 10 years, a genre that simply has grown too unwieldy for many to make, tamed and mastered by the potent combination of Monolith Soft's pedigree and Nintendo's quality control. As others wrestle with scale and story, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 pulls it off with sweetness, sincerity, and style. We got Travis North up over at IGN, who gave it an 8 out of 10 for great, with the verdict as follows. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is another excellent JRPG with great characters, a unique world, and addictive tactical combat that remains entertaining even after the over 150 hours it took to complete it. For the first time in the series, side quests are actually fun to do, and the class swapping and interlink... or you Boris mechanics. That's probably not right. Keep the revised combat system feeling fresh along into the adventure. Plus the story is worth seeing through to the end, even though it's overwritten and takes some meandering detours. At the same time, there are a fair amount of odd game design choices. Like it's annoyingly and repetitive combat voice lines and uninteresting cookie cutter boss fights. And it's unfortunate that Ineosus's beauty seems held back by the switch's hardware, but none of that should deter you from going all in on another fantastic odyssey in a series that is worthy of a massive amount of your time and rounding out the roundup we have uh jason Gisano over a game informer who gave it one of the lower scores that i could find at a 7.25 out of 10 uh their xenoblade chronicles review has the subhead adult knife they wrote Monolith Soft has struggled to recreate and magnify the novelties of the first Xenoblade Chronicles adventure since its 2012 release. The third chapter in the science fantasy JRPG series suffers the same frustrating face as XCS and X- oh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, right? One and two. Um, despite its first-rate combat and character progression features, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a bloated trek across vast but lifeless environments, further diminished by an unaffecting narrative with one of the worst ensemble casts in the franchise. My party of seven felt like an army when explosive arts and flashy Ouroboros combat lit up an already chaotic battlefield and the quality of life improvements like customizable shortcut hot bars and in-game GPS, streamlined menu surfing and traversal. Still the narrative and world designs left much to be desired as critical plot twists are frustratingly obvious. Character growth is virtually non-existent and navigation in each uninspired environment proves to be a tiring exercise. Xenoblade Chronicles three is a double edged sword that needs a bit more sharpening Gary what is your Xenoblade history and if you don't have a history are you going to start one with Xenoblade Chronicles 3
2: well yeah so I have a couple of questions for you because I think you know this uh, series of games better than I do I do occasionally ask this question on kind of funny I typically true. well typically with Japanese games where I'm, I'm I'm a little less well-versed am I missing out on something by not knowing anything about or having played the Xenoblade Chronicles games is my life going to be better if I get into these games
1: I don't, well, I think if you're kind of asking, it's like a two-part question, like, is it worth playing? And then do you need to maybe like run the gambit? Um, Oh yes. And then of course, uh, thank you for pulling up uh, the mock thumbnails. by Chronicles 3, Imran was right. Um, The alternative cover art here, uh, really well made by Roger. So um, as far as do you need to play the other ones, like a few reviews have touched on that. And I think most people lean on no. And then for the kind of second layer of that question on is it worth playing? I mean, I think any game that's highly critical, critically acclaimed is worth digging into even if it's a genre that you're not super prone to because that's a, to me your best chance so like for me like i don't really have a, a big history with xenoblade maybe i checked out one of the demos like from the last game and like i've been kind of around it with my time on nvc and stuff but i never really dug into it but for me whenever i see something like this in the jrpg genre that i don't normally dip into and people are like hey they're knocking it out of the park they're doing this well. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty wild to say that like through this 150 hour journey, like you're going to want to go on it and they make it diverse and interesting and dynamic enough to be worth it. Um, that at least makes someone like me pay attention to it. Even though I do feel like similar to you, I'm a little bit more of an outsider. Um, because that's usually what I lean on when it's outside of my wheelhouse. I, it takes me more to get into it. Um, And I kind of only show up for the stuff that everyone's talking about. And it does seem like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, while I'm sure more reviews will be popping up over time as other outlets, you know, check out the game and people start breaking down and talking about it. For it to come out of the gate at a 90, um, it did surprise me. I mean, I I expected kind of in the eights, but I think that's a pretty high mark to land. And, And for a lot of people, this was like, you know, a five out of five. Like people seemed really hot on this game in a way that I wasn't really expecting.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I should mess with the JRPG genre more because they like for the most part i've stayed away from it i've never really played a final fantasy game and some of the other you know games that you associate as like the big standard bearers of the jrpg genre i've never really played them but when i have dabbled and like i've only dabbled like paper mario yakuza like a dragon which are jrpgs just not Mm -hmm. necessarily the first ones you think of i've really enjoyed them so maybe if i played more i'd enjoy those as well and if this new xenoblade is actually like a decent entry point here's the other question though because when you said 140 150 hours i immediately had a visceral reaction to that and i want to know Mm -hmm. what you think when you hear that when you hear someone say this is a 140 150 hour game do you go oh good lots for me to get my teeth into a big epic experience or do you think oh who has that kind of time like where are you on that issue
1: um i'm overwhelmed by it but i also understand that that this is in part what people like generally about the genre. It's also in part why I find the genre to be really intimidating and why I'm not often that excited to dive into a JRPG or even like, you know, RPGs in general are pretty massive. Like that's a big kind of talking point with that genre. And it's something that makes it, you know, it's why I like Pokemon, right? Where I'm like, it's such an approachable RPG where sure it can be long like I put it it's funny because there are games that I will put a lot of hours into like I put 80 hours into sword and shield I think uh or at least like 60. I put you know 80 hours into breath of the wild and I never even finished it I only did the first two divine beasts but I spent that much time in the game and I I loved it um so I do think it can it can work but for me I get a little intimidated hearing that's kind of the floor like I personally like a much sh- a lower kind of ceiling for things um you know rather than the floor but a lower ceiling for like completion time where then if i want to i can go deep on it and i can spend a lot of time like i like the option of scaling up um but the idea of the how long to be generally being in the 100 plus range is a bit of a lot for me personally and how i like to play i know other people that's one of the reasons they come to this genre they love having those worlds that they can can and need to live in for a yeah. really long time to complete but like i always just feel like i don't know if i'm gonna finish this and while it's true of a lot of games it's like especially true of a game that long where it's like hey, am i going to be able to put like want well, i to quit my job for this game <laughs> like you know and sorry if i even if i played like eight hours a day i would still take me days and days and days to finish it like that's a little bit overwhelming i think too for like in our field it is a lot of you dip into it, you ha- I mean, you can talk about stuff way after the fact, like I'm out here on, you know, PS I Love You talking about Uncharted 4, a game that's like super old, but like I finished it, so it's new to me, you know, but like that's totally allowed their space for that, but at the same time, it is a keeping up and moving through things, and I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to stuff this in here, but what about you, how do you feel about those um, big hour completion uh, games?
2: I think you touched on some of it, I think it's a more complex game conversation than just like, well, how long is the game? Like the, the, the question is like, what kind of experience are you having when you're playing the game? Are you enjoying playing the game? Like Persona 5, there's another JRPG that I loved, Right, I put hundred hours into that. Loved Please. every minute of it, right? Yeah, again, Yaku- Yakuza like a dragon, i probably put a hundred hours into that. And I'm I didn't want I'm it... playing now
1: and I'm really liking it. Like it's pretty, it's I don't know if I love game. it, the... yeah, people that play it end up like, they're like, this is, this is my identity now. I don't know if I'm that <laughs> in love, but I'm liking like, kind of everything and i'm so impressed by you know and that's kind of what gives me hope for like Xenoblade specifically i think travis in his write-up is the one who said like even or might have been the the first writer i forget mentioned like even the side stuff is good and like for like a dragon like the side stuff is good and blows me away like when i watched the movie for the first time in that game i'm like what the heck is going on this is like i never would have guessed I've played a lot of mini games and things. I'm like, I would never guess that's what that is. So um, yeah, yeah pretty wild. and it's
2: and it's a game that actually gets better as as you go and you get more invested in the story and the. It gets grindy at the end, as so many JRPGs do. Like you have to grind a ton ton of stuff to get good enough to go do the final. You know, there's there's always that point in one of the, in one of these games where it says like, before you go on, you might want to make sure like you're fully leveled up because like it's gonna yeah. get serious now. And I had to go level up a bunch of stuff. And that was a bit boring, but otherwise I loved every minute. And I was genuine. I didn't want Yakuza Like a Dragon to end. I didn't want Persona 5 to end. And I was—I genuinely like was sad. You know, like when you finish a great book or you finish yeah. a great game, you've been playing for like a hundred hours, whatever, like you, you you sit there and you go, well, now what? Like that's such a tough act to follow. What am I going to do call now? It, um,
1: I call it game or book hangover.
2: Yeah. It's a weird kind yeah. of ennui that sets in. Cause it's like, that was, that was so good. Like, what do I even play next? Um, mm-hmm. so like, I've played short games that felt long and I've felt short and I've played long games that felt short. It's like, it's not how yep. many, it's not how many hours It's like, how do they fill those hours? What are you doing in those hours? And it's again, not the, the cases, hours on
1: the clock, but it's the ticking of our heart or something. like Oh, that.
2: there you go. You put it more poetically than I ever could. It's, um. It really it really comes down yeah it comes down to the experience and what do you what do you how are you spending those hours the other thing to think about when there are so many games to play and we're so overwhelmed you know game pass and there's so many things coming out all the time is every game you play is an opportunity cost right every time every game you're playing is, is however, however many other games out there that you're not playing and when i do get into a really like big game like yakuza yeah, like a drill i remember the time that i played that game I didn't play anything else. I was I was in a completely monogamous relationship with that game. Like I didn't get halfway through Yakuza and then go off and like play a couple of indies and come back. You don't want to play anything else when you're completely obsessed with one game and one set of characters in one world. You don't want to do anything else, and that's fine if you're loving the game. But I always think about man: if, Are the next 150 hours of my life going to be spent playing this one epic game? Or do I want to spend the same amount of time playing a bunch of different games that I, could, that I could use that same time to do? And again, there's so much content out there. There's so much stuff. There's something new. If it feels like almost literally every day. And in the age of like Game Pass and you know, PlayStation Plus, Super Duper, Extra Premium, whatever, there's just, there's there's so much stuff. And every time you play a game, you're no longer thinking about do I want to play this game. You're also thinking do I not want to play all these other games that are on deck? And well, this right. is why we have backlogs. This is why it gets bad. because Some of these games, consumers for so long. It's why I love like I love games like Stray and smaller games that you can you know complete in like a in a in a in a in a in a, in a, in a number of hours. You can get your hands around and think okay, I'm going to play this. I'm going to have a complete meal. I'm going to f- f- experience a story of beginning, middle, and end. I'm going to have a complete experience and then move on to the next thing. You can do that with epically long games. You're just going to play fewer games so everything everything is a trade-off these days it feels like in terms of your time time is the commodity
1: for sure so do you think you're going to check this out and if you do how long do you think you need to play before you know if you want to continue because I do think that depends on the kind of game but like with a game like this like a JRPG when do you know that it has the sauce for you
2: it's funny because TV's the same way these days, right? Like so many people say, like there's so many TV shows, people like, oh, you've got to wait like five or six episodes, then it really starts to get good. Like, again, not everyone has that kind of time. There have been experiences like that with TV shows where four or five episodes in, I'm not really feeling it, but people are saying, no, we just stick with it, and then eventually it does click. But that doesn't always happen. Then you feel like, well, that was like, you know, four or five hours of my life that I'm never going to get back. With video games, though, I generally feel like my first impression is pretty reliable, even like a 140 hour game or whatever. If it's an epic game, um, within, within a couple of hours, whether it be the mechanics or the setting or the characters, the things that are pretty much not gonna, the things that are laid into the game like fairly early on and are gonna be consistent throughout. If I'm not vibing on like the basic core mechanics or the basic feel or the setting or the, the narrative drive of the game, whatever, then I'll bail out pretty quickly. A game only has, I think, maybe three or four hours to get its get its hooks into me and I, there have been plenty of games that i play played for two or three hours And i'm like yeah it's all right but again I feel, like, I feel like there's something else out there that's a better use of my time and i'll move on to the next thing
1: yeah for sure um i'm kind of similar like i think obviously there are games that i can play and i know within seconds that i'm like this isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> like, sometimes you know? that
2: is all you need yeah
1: yeah But I do think with a game like this, that'd be pretty rare. Like, I'd have to do something, like, really, really wild for that to be the case. Again, that can be, like, genre-dependent. Yeah, for me, I do a lot of testing or trying out new games on my Friday streams, and those are usually, like, two to four-hour sessions with a game, depending on how many games I'm playing. And I find that those are pretty solid indicators for like how what my general feelings are of a game. It is interesting, of course, when you like play through something in its entirety and you realize, oh, if I was maybe playing this like more casually or like I didn't care about finishing it, I would have like missed how it got like crazy good or missed how it really fell off. And I, I think that's something that's uh, weirdly unique to games and that it's so much more common to I think drop off yet still have, um, I guess an attachment to the game. Like there are games that I haven't finished that I still consider like enjoyable or that I'd want to pick up the next one. So um, definitely something game specific uh, before we move on. I want to mention uh, snacks unlimited in the live chat said Xenoblade is also one of those games that if you decide to put it down, it is very difficult to pick back up because the combat is so unique and you forget the controls that has happened to me many a times where it's just like, Oh yeah, I that's true. What's going on? Or I like don't know where we are narratively or I'm, it feels like my time with the game expired. I'm like, yeah, I started it, and I'm like 10 hours in or five hours in, but, like, that was so long ago. Let me restart. And the cycle continues where it's like, is this going to – how many times am I going to restart this game before I finish it? Like, Last of Us 1, I notoriously – inadvertently played the beginning of that game like five times before finally finishing it whether it was like save issues or i didn't have that platform or like i just forgot what happened and i want to start fresh so yeah. and that's not even a, a long game or a complicated game so on that um,
2: issue and on that issue particularly that is something i've thought about a lot where you know you set a game down for a while life gets in the way whatever and you come back after like a couple of months or weeks however long it. sometimes it is a couple of months you're like where the hell am i i always feel i, I wish games would be a bit more considerate of that like Here's an idea, like when I log back into a game that I haven't played in a while, have the game check the date of the most recent save file. Like how long has it been since I played? If it's been more than a couple of weeks, Ask me, would you like a plot recap and put Mm -hmm. give me a little previously on, or would you like to so bad, or would you like to reset the control tutorial so you don't have to remember? You know, like just give (sighs) me a refresher, things like that would be really helpful. But on just on a bigger issue, I want to touch on this because it's really interesting what we're just talking about, like Game Pass. And you know, we have these vast like streaming libraries now, there's so many things to play that, like, you know, again, a game has to like really earn. It's our, our attention, right? Because we have we have so many other things vying for our attention all the time. Isn't it interesting how that's so completely opposite from how it used to be when we were coming up, when we were kids playing games, right? Yeah. And the game and the game that you had for the weekend or whatever, like whatever rental or whatever game you'd spent your allowance on that week, like that's the game that you had. And even if you didn't like it, like you had to bear with it and play it because you had nothing else to play the 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 how far we've come in terms of like having to stick with the game because it was literally the only game that we had available to us to now being able to just like almost treat it like a gong show bong next, you bored me five minutes in you you didn't get me what what have you got over here and you're just constantly like you know. The bachelor just like going through all these different suitors going what about you what about you who am i going to give my rose to there's so many options out
0: there there. should be
1: um there should be like a speed dating but gaming (laughs) like game or series i'm sure someone on twitch is doing that already um but yeah it is very much like that and i and it's that combination i think of The era of time and also like maybe depending on, you know, your household, like either how your parents were or like the amount of money they had access to, like a combination of the two. Like my libraries were so small growing up. Um, And the only reason I think people don't notice as much is because I happen to play only the really good games. So I'm like, well, I played like all we're going to talk about on the GameCube. Like I played most of those games. Did I actually have a big library? No, I had like a stack of games And that's, that was, those were the games that we had, you know, other than a few rentals. Um, I think about all the time with like me and my brother growing up gaming a good amount and that being a big part of like our childhood and what we could do for fun. And we're like, man, can you imagine if we had Game Pass in that era? Like we would just have like an endless, what or even just like an iPad with Apple Arcade. Like...
2: Kids these days don't know they're born like my again. I'm old enough to remember when I was excited when they added a fourth TV channel. I'm like, oh my god, four channels! Like, what am I going to do with all this choice? And now my kid goes onto Netflix and just looks at this like infinite cornucopia of content, you know. And now it's the opposite problem. Right now we have like Netflix paralysis, where there's so much choice, we 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 become overwhelmed by, and and that opportunity cost does become like has has a real psychological impact because you are thinking like I'm watching this, but there's so much other stuff out there. Am like, is there something that I'm not watching that could be even better than this? And it's so different from, again, like the old days of, like for me, it was Commodore 64, but for like kids my age, it was like buying an NES game. You didn't even have like an internet to go get reviews. Like you would often buy a game completely blind just because it was based on a light. Oh, Batman or Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, that must be good. But often those games are absolute crap. And you were, and that was it. You were stuck with them. And what a grim existence that was compared to again where we have now again Game Pass, right? Hundreds of games available at any given time. And you can treat it, you can treat uh, treat it like speed dating. You can treat it like the gong show. You've got your five minutes. And if you if you haven't won me over in five minutes, I'll just go download the next thing.
1: Yeah. We live, gold, is, we live
2: in a we live in a golden age and we don't even games, think about it.
1: You don't even have to download it. You can use Xcloud and just even, jump into them. Which even is so. Like,
2: you don't even have to waste the time installing the game. That's right.
1: Yeah. And that's why, like for me, I'm trying to Kind of hold back on buying too many more things. Like I really want, um you know, when we're about to get into the new PSVR two de- details that we got from the PlayStation blog uh, next. But like I think about upgrading, like my Oculus because I have a one and I want a two because some of the games are like exclusive to there. But I'm like, there's so many platform. I've barely touched Game Pass. I feel like I barely dug into Apple Arcade, let alone the stuff here, let alone what's on Steam. Like I just got the Steam. There's So much stuff. Um, But I guess the question is, is PSVR 2 going to be the next thing that we get pulled into in terms of content? Uh, Because again, we do have new details over from the PlayStation blog that read as follows. The road to launch for PSVR 2 is in full swing and we can't wait for you to try the exciting new games and experiences you'll be able um, to explore with our next generation virtual headset. As we continue with our launch efforts today we'd like to offer a quick peek at some of the user experience features you'll discover on psvr2 and i feel like we've gotten so many quick peeks but here's another one uh here's what they're highlighting today they have see-through view And they write, thanks to PSVR 2's embedded front cameras, users can press a function button on the headset or use the card in the control center, like on the PS5 dashboard, to switch between viewing um, the game or the surroundings. Um, And just a quick note that like, when you're in see-through view, like you can't record that, like you can't record your living room through the lens of the VR camera. Uh, they also have broadcast yourself while playing, and this allows you to record yourself um, using the PS5 HD camera. So, boom, I have that camera for a long time. That's what the camera's for, I guess. Does it finally have um, a
2: use now, that camera? Amazing.
1: Yeah, there you go. Like, um, And basically, I guess the idea, similar to if you do have a PS5 and they have um, the ability to let you like record your voice when you do capture, like through the um, controller mic, it's kind of like that, right? You get the ultimate... Clip. You have the audio. You have yourself. You have the gameplay. Um, you got you know, the whole little setup there. We also have customized play area, which I honestly forgot that we didn't have that when I had PSVR 1. So this is just like the Oculus devices, if you're familiar with those. Um, customized play area means that you can draw a line, like a virtual line, and then uh, you also like set um, the height, which is not unique to this one. PSVR 1 had set the height. But it also um, builds these kind of virtual borders so that you know you can put the line around your sofa. And if you're like getting close to your sofa, it'll kind of create this grid. So it almost kind of interrupts your um, the VR view you have with the real world. We also have uh, VR mode and cinematic mode is the last thing they want to highlight. In VR mode, players can enjoy VR game content in a 360 view in a virtual environment. Content will be displayed in 4,000 by 2040 HDR video format, 2,000 by 2040 per eye with 90 hertz and 120 hertz frame rate. Uh, in cinematic mode, players can view the PS5 system and UI and all non VR game and media content on a virtual cinema screen, and that content will be displayed 19 by. 1920 by 1080 HDR video format with uh, 24 and 60 Hertz and also 120 Hertz frame rate. So basically the idea is that you can have um, a better or different view in cinematic than you can in VR to kind of, you know, for those who maybe watch movies or YouTube videos or like sports stuff um, in VR. And they said, we'll share more information soon, including launch date and additional games coming to the platform. I want to pull in a uh, comment from my dog, Nick 96 from Massachusetts who writes in just like you can and says, Hello, Janet and Gary, with a hint of more information on PSVR 2 coming soon. When do you realistically think we will hear about the price and release date? Do you think the rumors of a state of play in September might tie into PSVR 2 news? Lastly, when should P- PlayStation release it? And what should be the price point? Have a great day. Um, and I do want to nod to some existing price points and something that Barrett had uh, tossed into Slack, which is uh, Oculus Quest 2 is $300. PSVR, um, as a refresher, originally launched at 400 Um, But Barrett did point out to an Oculus um, blog post that just dropped like maybe like 20, 30 minutes ago that mentioned they're increasing the price by $100. So that 128 gigabyte model they currently have for Three hundred dollars uh, will now jump up to uh, three ninety nine, so it'll go from three hundred to four hundred. So that kind of just to just to kind of give examples of what price point we're currently at. Uh, but Gary, when do you think we're going to get that release date? What is that price, and are we going to see this at a state of play, or is it just going to continue to be blogs until the end of time?
2: I mean, it's kind of hard to know like when we're actually going to have this thing in our hands, right? Like, do, is this something that could ship by this holiday, or are we looking at next year? Do you think?
1: oh gosh that's so tough i Hmm. i mean it feels like
2: it's coming together right they're showing stuff it feels kind of hardware complete
1: i wish i remembered i gotta start writing this down i'm sure someone out there has a spreadsheet on the internet of all of our like claims i think i did say that it could come out this year um but this year just feels like it's coming up so quick like the end of the year because it also Um,
2: depends on the games right and so many things are still getting delayed my guess is it will probably be 2023 um but uh, it looks good. I, di- I did see some of the new stuff that they showed. You're right. It looks like they are finally adding. Like, if you request, if you're an Oculus Quest user, a lot of the stuff that we just talked about will be very familiar with you. Know, kind of the Guardian boundary system and the mm-hmm. camera pass or all that kind of stuff is is considered it's actually kind of amazing that the first psvr didn't have that because it's a base that's basic stuff Then that we come yeah to we, were, we were
1: basically just killing ourselves playing it like falling over furniture just like couldn't see oh, anything but, and,
2: and, and don't kid yourself even with the guardian system you will still bash into things like you see oh, it, yeah. it, it helps but it doesn't prevent you from like making a fool of yourself like the, i i still do it all i have a quest to sitting right over there and i still you know bump into things the, the boundary helps but it's not perfect um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that PSVR is doing this. I'm a big believer in, in VR. And I don't like the idea that the future of VR is purely in the hands of Meta and Facebook. Cause I think they're going in completely the wrong direction. And what I like about Sony is, you know, it's all about the games, right? Like the thing about PSVR is it had really interesting, uh, games on it and it feels truly mainstream. And, um, in terms of pricing, I think it, it's hard to say. the 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 first one shipped in a couple of different bundles, right? You either got the move sticks or you didn't, because a lot of people had the move sticks. Now it's like proprietary controller, so I think there's only going to be one skew, right? It's gonna, it has to be the headset with the controllers, the whole thing. My guess, it's probably going to be, I don't know, I want to, I want to say less, but I think it's going to be three nine nine for that whole kit.
1: I think so too. I mean, it's they're pushing things technologically, and I think with those usually come. You know more expenses, uh, and like either a price increase or something on par. I don't think they'd go, I hope they don't go higher than 400 because I think I don't 400, think they can. yeah, I think at 400 people will be like, it's not what I would have wanted, but it's not as bad as it could have been. And I think, especially with, and I have no idea like when these things get set in stone or not, but I think with like Oculus Quest 2 now saying they're raising their prices, they inadvertently get you know a free card of like we're no longer just more you know people aren't going to get to point to us and say we're more expensive than Oculus Quest 2 we can be on par with that sort of competitor where I think well they do they do do different things in the sense that Quest 2's whole thing is we don't need a you know a box or a PC or anything and obviously the PSVR is quite literally tethered to your PS5 um they're still very much I think in that casual more approachable market um but yeah if it came in at 300 i'd be freaking ecstatic even like 349 I, yeah. but i just i would be pretty shocked if they could get it that cheap for the ways that it's pushing the technology um in a good way as well like I'm, I, I like if- all of these updates
2: I wonder why they're jacking up the price on the Quest 2. It's so weird to see a hardware, hardware go up in price. It's been like 100 bucks, That's a big yeah. jump. I, I know that Meta is a money furnace right now, right? They're losing so much money on the Metaverse stuff, right? But I, if maybe the one thing they are successfully doing is selling Quest 2 headsets, maybe by jacking up the price, they feel like they can get some of their money back. But your I, I Facebook is hemorrhaging money right now with the VR stuff. So maybe they're thinking this is a way to, I don't know, get some more money in. But I still, I, it's going to be really interesting when the PSVR two comes out, how it goes up against Quest two, because I think they're going to be, and you know, they may even have a Quest three or whatever the next gen headset out by then. I don't know, but it's going to, the, for me, the Quest two is still, like, as much as I hate Facebook and I hate Meta, I, to me, it's still the best solution for VR right now, simply because it's untethered, it's wireless, it's an all-in-one solution. You don't have to plug it into anything. I've said it a million times. I don't think VR will become truly, truly mainstream until it's completely self-contained and completely wireless and quest yep. two is really the only answer to that right now it still feels weird to be t- i guarantee you when, when that psvr2 comes out even with the boundary even though they've got it down to one cable instead of the spaghetti maze of cables they had with P- with psvr1 you're going to get tangled up in that cable you're going to step on it yes. you're going to trip over it there's no way around you it's absolutely going to happen there's no way to avoid it like, if you've seen like vr demos where they, they literally have the cable like suspended from the ceiling to try keep you from getting no one's going to do that at home you're going to get tangled up in it um so i think vr is going to get to a point where like psvr 3 maybe or whatever it is it will just be a self-contained headset or it will communicate wirelessly with the ps6 or whatever it is going to be next um and at that point i think we'll start to get really into it but it's still as great as the promise of vr is the reality of it i don't know if you agree janet but the reality of it is still kind of shitty The experience is not that great. The games are not that great. The headset gets uncomfortable after a while. After a while, you just want to take it off. The 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 cinematic thing is really interesting because I've tried this. Oh, you can watch Netflix, you know, at home, and it's like to me, it feels a little bit like a solution in search of a problem. Like, is this really something that anybody asks for? The nice thing about it is, if I don't know if you've ever tried it, but when you do, like, turn on the Netflix app or go into big screen or one of these apps that will do this, like, you can sit in like a real movie theater essentially what i did do uh... um
1: my uh my like vr non-gaming thing was going to like vr event again it's all through like facebook and like meta and everything um but like they had oh like come through to this aquarium viewing thing and you like sat down in the theater and you watched like some birds on a camera or something and i'm like I mean, this is a thing that we could do. (laughs) Like, why not? I, I
2: I was in the big screen app and everyone was watching Rick and Morty for some reason, but it was in like this 1940s, like old Hollywood movie palace. And one of the things that VR does do really well Is communicate a sense of scale, right? Things can seem truly huge in VR. And so you can boast about your 65-inch TV at home, but then one of the things that VR does really well is you can be sitting in front of a screen that feels genuinely like a hundred feet wide to you. Like it's a massive, massive screen. But once the gimmick wears off, I've never actually sat and watched a whole movie that way. Because again, after a while, it's just kind of shitty. You want to take the helmet off, your head starts to get sweaty. It doesn't, it just after a while it starts to feel like something clamps on your head. You start to feel increasingly one thing that the camera passer is meant to help with, it's interesting that Sony's added this is you start to feel like increasingly weirdly paranoid that you don't have a sense of your own surroundings like who's in the room with me right now and you're constantly kind of doing this just to get a sense of like what's happening yep. in the real world that camera pass through is is really important for I'm, I'm sure that's a product of a lot of user research people saying like i don't want to lose sense of my real surroundings right it's yeah. immersive but you always know where you really are and so there's there's a bunch of stuff in vr just generally that they're trying to fix and they do still believe that they are going to get there i do think we are we'll eventually get to some kind of ready player one type future whether or not that's in our lifetimes i don't know but right now we are in like the atari 2600 era of vr no seriously we're in like 30 40 years we'll be looking back mm-hmm. at it and going like how did anyone think this was any good compared to what we have these days
1: yeah i think too like as far as like comparisons it kind of reminds me not obviously not a one-to-one because mobile is so much more approachable than vr but it kind of reminds me of like the mobile game experience where for a long time the conversation was like mobile games just do something different than like a console game does and they're just their own thing and they have their own like offerings and appeal and while that still remains true to some degree like there are games that that i think are built for mobile and they have that design and obviously there's other stuff with like the monetization and all of that but we've also gotten like i've had experiences on mobile that got ported to console and they're like a one-to-one experience and those are just straight up good games i do think while there have been really good games in VR, um, like Astrobot Rescue Mission is probably the shining star in that category. They're few and far between, and we're still kind of grappling with like, what do we want to do in this medium? What can we do? And like, how should we really be assessing it? Um, I've seen a lot of those conversations around. Well, maybe it's not like a as good of a game if it wasn't in VR. Because it's in VR, it's like does this thing, this, that, or the other. Um, I think Tetris Effect is another another shining star for the the VR market. But mm-hmm. as far as the um, The price increased real quick just because – and normally I don't toss in stuff that, like, comes in hot because then I don't get to read it all. But it was just so pertinent to – Talking about VR that I wanted to pull it in um, for the the increase from the Quest, uh, they wrote at the same time the they talk about oh like VR is doing great like it's awesome everything's fine. At the same time, the cost to make and ship our products has been on the rise. By adjusting the price of Quest two, we can continue to grow our investment in groundbreaking research and new product development that pushes the VR industry to new heights. So. That's basically their justification for it like it's great it's like making so much money but also it is expensive um so we'll see what what comes of that uh definitely a weird one and not a good feeling i don't know how this is yeah i'm, I'm pretty shocked by this um as someone that has a quest one but not a two and i think i'm just gonna keep waiting i'm gonna wait to see what they do next if they do anything next before i jump in because like I said, I got a cajillion games to play anyway, I would, and I would,
2: I would wait for VR too, and I would wait for whatever yeah. the next gen headset that Meta is is working on. It's so interesting, and yet at the same time, so frustrating to be here at in kind of like the birth pang generation of VR, right? Because I do, I don't know about you, but I do genuinely believe that we're going to get there, that there is that, that the VR is going to be amazing in the future, but we are at, we are, we're still in the stone age. We're still in kind of the silent movie era of it right now, where it's like, you can kind of, you can kind of project and extrapolate forward and imagine how great it's going to be. And you want to fast forward to that future now, but 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 we've got to get through all this experimentation and people are trying to figure out what, like the fact that you just said, oh, one of the best things on VR right now is Tetris. It's hilarious to me but it, but it's true i know what you mean i played it but isn't that funny that like that's the best thing we figured out to do in vr is play tetris
1: yeah it all well it all comes back to tetris tetris is like when in doubt i can play tetris anytime when anywhere doubt, I, even tetris, liked, yeah. 100%, 100%. I even like
2: yeah i even like that
1: um the uh, i know everyone hated like the ea mobile port of tetris i'm like i i, I played a lot of that waiting in line like tetris is good all of the time. Um, And speaking of things that are good, let's go ahead and take a quick pause here and get a word over from our sponsors.
0: Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? You're just gonna have to tell them to try again in the fall. You've got pool days, pride parades, bachelor parties, and beach vacations waiting for you because when you're living your best life, the last thing you wanna worry about is butt sweat. I'm Greg Miller and my butt never sweats because I wear undies. You've heard it a million times. I like undies so much. My my first pair, I bought a whole bunch more and threw away the rest of my underwear. They're the best. undies has the lightest, most breathable fabrics to keep you cool and comfortable wherever you go. From undies to brawling, to socks, to loungewear, to swimwear, you can find something for all your plans. MeUndies also releases new prints all the time like their limited edition pride collection. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for their free-to-join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 15% off your first order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days earlier with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your payer.
1: Let's talk about the fact that Roller Champions lives. This is following up on yesterday's rumors that we talked about on the show about the game being canceled after its third season. The official Roller Champions Twitter put this out. Um, it's the classic little text on screen with the with a little graphic and saying, Hello, Champions. Let's clear it out the way. For, let's clear it out the way. First, Roller Champions isn't getting canceled and Ubisoft fully supports it. What the Roller Champions dev team is doing is making sure that we focus on what our players have told us needs improvement, and that supersedes all other priorities. What does that mean? It means we're extending Disco Fever's length, which is like currently what they have going on. We are doing uh, this for two main reasons. One, we will push out a patch that includes cross invites so that we deliver on the game's promise as being a resolutely social experience. We will announce when this patch will come out as soon as it is validated and good to go. Two, we will take enough time to solve the issues our players have voiced um, as irritants before we release our new season. The cross-invite patch will include fixes, but we will be working on more improvements after its release, before the launch of the next season. As far as content is concerned, we can tell you that we've got excited stuff, exciting stuff planned for the next seasons. We strongly believe, however, that before we release new content, we gotta do right by our players, hence why we were taking time that we needed before we do release that new content. You can rest assured that we'll keep you updated as we roll forward. Um, Gary, have you checked out Roller Champions at all? And do you, obviously, they're saying this, and I don't think they're, you know, I think they're just being transparent about what's going on behind the scenes, but what do you see the future of this game being? Do you have see you, a future of this game?
2: Have you ever installed a game and then never oh, no. played it and then just <laughs> yes. uninstalled it? Cause that's what I've That's what I did with roller champions. <sighs> yeah. I, don't I
1: know the last game installed it. I did Cause was like, yes.
2: I installed it. Cause I know kind of like rollerball kind of vibe. It could be cool. And then I just never got, it never, there was never enough going on. Like, in the zeitgeist like in the conversation like no one seems to be excited about it so i'm like i don't know no one's talking about it maybe it's not that good it, can, it seems like it launched without anyone really giving a shit like maybe it's not it can't be that good right and again opportunity costs i'll go play something that i am more excited about and then the, the other day i was just looking at the little tile on my xbox and I'm, like, I'm never going to play this and i just uninstalled it and i never even tried it talk about a gong show it got gonged off before it even even got started
1: I both did a install, a play, an uninstall, and a reinstall of Roller Champions, and then I, th- I might have uninstalled it again. I don't remember. Um, admittedly, again, my caveat here is that I am not a multiplayer person by trade. It is very, even Knockout City, which I think is a really solid game, I just didn't spend a lot of time with it. I'm like, this is fun, but I just don't feel like queuing up with people to do this. Um, but with Roller Champions, it's been a wild ride for me in terms of coverage. They were one of my first if not my first preview that I ever did for a game um, during E3 2019 when I was at IGN, I previewed this game and then many moons passed and then finally, this game emerged from the shadows and this is the the little helmet from the mailer because I, I love roller skating so I'm like, oh my God, this is such a cool crossover of my hobbies but at the same time, ultimately, I think even as someone that, with the caveats of I am not that into ongoing games like that to begin with, I did feel the the pangs of, you know, some of the lack of things that you have to do there, some of the, the visuals, um, the cosmetics, and the kind of lead up to gaining those cosmetics, even though I think the gameplay generally is sound and the concept is sound, it just didn't fully engross me. Again, maybe nothing ever really would have gotten me to be playing it nonstop necessarily, but... Those are kind of things I ran into. And I think just casually, like, there hasn't been a lot of fanfare for Roller Champions. And I think Ubisoft is notorious for canning stuff when it's not taken off, Um, which we can debate whether that's the right move or not the right move. But um, it, that being said, it's cool that they're coming out here and being like, hey, we're still here. You know, I'm glad they are still supporting the project in the sense that obviously there are people that care about getting this project to be what they envision and and something that players are excited about but yeah i don't i don't know what the longevity of roller champions is going to end up being and it's definitely a rough start i think just even in the sense of needing to this early on pause and reconfigure after having things like they did have like early access or early betas and things like that that you would hope would kind of help avoid some of these things but um you know development's hard so it, it seems, does seem like yeah. it does.
2: It does seem like Ubisoft have really high internal standards for success, right? They won't tolerate a game that's just like, um, even just middlingly successful, right? So like Hyperscape, I, 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 my, my guess is that X Defiant will, will be next. I don't think that's going to go very long. You know, they just cancelled a bunch of other titles, um. And I don't know. It's funny when you were talking about like we've all – like. It feels like it's half my Twitter feed these days. Is that what you just described—the kind of block of text on a solid background. Whenever I see the little thumbnail of that, the preview. In my Twitter feed, it kind of it, it feels to me like I have the same emotional reaction to when I just get a text from someone that says we need to talk. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. And like, what, what is like, this about?
1: The non corporate version of the text with the graphic overlay thing is when what, someone, like a peer I'm following, screenshots their notes app. I'm like, some yes, some shit like, just like, oh, went Oh, this down. is not good. Like they have, yeah. they're explaining something. Yeah, they're like, like going oh, away no. someone you know again we're back into the darkness gary like follow me into the dark i know
2: this is the the dark section because it's talking about moribund games and and bad vibes but then because when you click yeah every time you click you never put out one of those text things or the notes app things up with good news right it's always the game's being delayed or the or yeah we're shuttering, we're going to shut it down on a certain day this is a weird one though like don't don't you think it's weird like i I, I don't know why they felt the need to do this but it cannot be a good sign for your game when you need to fill the need to put out a card saying assuring people that the game is not dead, right? Like that feels very, like it just it just feels like you're kind of feeding the narrative that your game is in trouble.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm a little surprised to see them have it in this way because I think what we've seen historically from studios when they want to squash rumors like this is they just respond to the people right, you know, because people reach out for a comment. Usually they just respond to comment. And it's like, hey, they reached out and said this same information, so I think it is a little bit of a rarity to have it be so forward-facing, but I think, I imagine they did this because they really wanted to try to engage with their, like, player base directly and not go through press, Um, but yeah, I'm curious behind the scenes, like, when Ubisoft heard these rumors, like, what those conversations looked like and what, how they determined what they thought the best course of action was for them, but yeah, I think normally it's not so forward-facing when it's squashing rumors because people also rarely like to even comment on the rumors to begin with right yeah so we'll we'll just see what comes of that um and speaking of games that we download maybe play maybe don't play i don't know we got More games coming our way with Funko working on a AAA video game with the help of former Lego developer. This comes from Grace Benfell over at GameSpot who writes, At San Diego Comic-Con yesterday, Funko announced a video game collaboration with 1010 Games. The effort will be led by John Burton, co-creator of the Lego video games at Traveler's Tales. Funko revealed the news at the Pop Talk panel at SDCC. The studio 1010 Games was founded in 2021 by industry veterans specifically to make Funko Games. The best-known member of the UK studio is five-time BAFTA winner John Burton. The studio will assist in producing a variety of AAA games on consoles and PC. The collaboration with Funko is the studio's first announced project. Details of what exactly the first game will be, including its title, are as yet unannounced. But it will be a AAA action platformer and rated T for Teen. Other third parties will also be involved, though none of the specific IPs or companies were named. More details will be announced later. This, of course, is not Funko's first foray into video games. The mobile game Gears Pop offered a light Clash Royale-style take on the gory shooter, um, though it shut down in April 2021. Warner Bros. also optioned the rights for the Funko movie back in 2019, though no movie pictures have yet been released. Gary, would you play a Funko triple a t for teen action platformer.
2: i don't know funko pops themselves i find very irritating but i'm trying to what do you have there is that you it's me how did you get your own funko pop
1: oh do you not have your own funko pop then this is no i feel like uh, i'm the only person in funko form
2: i'm like one of the Um, only people left that doesn't have their own funko pop
1: yeah uh, i live in la and uh the funko hollywood store is one of maybe two locations that allows you to do the pop yourself um oh you can customize kiosk. it okay yeah you can't unfortunately you can't order that online though you have to go to the store physically so yeah there is me in all my glory i'm sad Look i'm not you. wearing this outfit because i do wear it sometimes but yeah anyway continue as you i, just, I, I uh, find them i find small them self.
2: <laughs> i find them in general a little bit a little bit irritating anytime i encounter a person where they've got like a, a whole shelf of funko pops behind them i take that person immediately like 10 less seriously but that's that's just <laughs> it
1: could be worse <laughs> i just worse.
2: i but set, set that aside the in, the interesting part of it is the traveler's tales lego part right because the, the lego games the traveler's tales lego games are fantastic right and if they can bring some of that mojo to this maybe but i don't know lego has like true mainstream love and adoption like everybody loves lego it's 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 like it's just the thing that is in the air supply in a way that funko i think is much more niche and, and geeky and specific the other thing from a legal standpoint i'll be to see how they do it because like every single Funko pop right is itself a licensed item right like it's harry potter or star wars or lord of the rings or whatever so are they is it going to be like Lego or where they' where they're kind of sublicensing all these different things? Are we going to see in the same way that you see like Lego Star Wars video game? Is it going to be Lego fun, you know, Lego sorry, or Funko pop Star Wars video game or Funko pop Lord of the Rings or whatever i I don't know. um the I, the only thing that's got me kind of taking this even vaguely seriously is the Travelers Tales connection because they did such a fantastic job with the Lego games. I will absolutely pay attention to whatever they do next. But that is kind of counterbalanced by the fact that I just don't give a shit about Funko pops.
1: It's fair um for me I like the g- general genre seed and I do think that again the Lego games I feel like a mixed feeling on the Lego games personally I've played ones that I've enjoyed a bit I've never beaten one but I played ones that I've had fun with and then ones that I've not so much been into um the T Fourteen rating is also curious to me I'm like what's going teen? on this game
2: that yeah. is weird
1: it's T Fourteen. so I'm like is it just like the fungos are going to be like Implied doing drinking alcohol, you know, because it's like T-14 is also so specific where it's like it's just a little too much. So I don't I don't know what they're gonna do there, but I would hope that I think the probably the simplest thing from a licensing standpoint would be what you're describing, which is what LEGO does with like Star Wars or whatever IP. But I would love to see something like more goofy than that i want to see like a crossover between ip with the different funko pops but i don't know if they would do that because that seems like a licensing nightmare but i don't know um it'll be interesting to see what they have envisioned for this and where this is going to land if it'll be kind of almost a a companion piece to what the lego games offer for people but it it feels very it
2: feels very much like a game that was born out of a marketing spreadsheet rather than some kind of creative imperative but we'll we'll see
1: it, it is a little it is giving spreadsheet a little bit, but yeah, maybe maybe it'll be cool. Maybe that'll be uh, the next the next fire game. Um, Speaking of next games, let's talk about Returnal's PC listing, which has been updated to show Steam deck support. This comes from Jordan Midler over at VGC, who writes codenamed. Um, Oregon, was discovered on Steam DB in May. While it wasn't immediately clear what game it is, certain localization strings in the game's listing make it clear that it's a PC port of Returnal. Now, eagle-eyed users have noted further updates to the listing within several rapid... Within several rapid changes made in the space of a few days, the following updates were spotted by Reset Era user Mocha Joe. Mocha Joe doing doing the hard work here. Um, we had some just general updates um, across the last few like 24 hours time frame, and then the um, big deal ones are the external ship got an update for the first time in 20 days. Uh, and Midler notes that this doesn't happen often, but it could be an interesting coincidence. And then also that Steam Deck controller profile. Midler continues saying, while this doesn't infer I think they meant to write imply there. Well, this doesn't imply anything about when the game is likely to be revealed. The frequency of updates to the app itself could suggest a short time between the announcement and release. Sony's PC ports have typically only seen a few months between confirmation and release. Marvel Spider-Man revealed last month will be released in August. However, this isn't always the case as the promised PC version of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves has yet to be released despite the console counterpoint. Counterpart, launching in January. Earlier this year, VGC was provided footage appearing to show Returnal running on PC, which strongly suggests that it's one of the next PlayStation console exclusives in line for a port. Um, Gary, did you play uh, Returnal and would you play it again on Steam Deck?
2: I, it's one of those games that is installed on my PlayStation Five, and I've never got around to playing installed. it because. I, I, Why again, haven't you
1: installed it? That's the question. I,
2: well, because I, well because I recently upgraded the the storage on my PlayStation Five, so I can oh. afford to keep I can afford to keep it hanging around. Congratulations! Um, but. Um, just in general, I, mean, I, I want to say I'm really glad to see that Sony is kind of leaning more into the PC side. It all it kind of, for me, just again continues to prove that the PC is like the one master platform because you know you don't have to make if you have a really good PC, you don't have to choose Xbox or PlayStation. You're going to get the best of both. The only difference is Xbox a little bit is a little bit ahead on this now. Right, generally when they when they launch a big Xbox game, it's day and date on PC as well. Sony is increasingly getting into that habit, right? If there's a if there's a big first-party Sony game coming down the road, whether it be, you know, God of War or, you know, Uncharted or um, uh, Horizon, you name it, or, you know, now Returnal, it'll be on PC as well. You're just going to have to wait a lot longer. I would love to see Sony close that gap a little bit where, you know, there's this sense of like, oh, yeah, if I wait around long enough, it will, I will get to play. They still haven't done Last of Us, right? I don't know why that is somehow weirdly missing, but like everything else, um, or the or what you consider of like the big standard bearer PlayStation games are increasingly coming to PC, but it's just taking a really long time. Like Spider-Man remastered looks amazing. That ultra wide monitor support looks incredible. It makes me want to play the game all over again. But look how long it took for them, you know, Spider-Man Mars Morales, already that That game came and went. Spider-Man 2 is now deep in, deep in development. The original Insomniac next Spider-Man. has been around a long time, and then now it's only just finally coming to PC. I would love to see Sony kind of recalibrate their business a little bit. So that, like, for example, when Spider-Man 2 comes out, play, uh, PlayStation and PC day one. I don't know if they'll ever get there, or if there's something they even want to do. Xbox is doing it, though. Microsoft's doing it. Why can't Sony be doing that, too?
1: I don't think they want to. I feel Maybe like they'll they do they it when they have to. You know? It's like, I... I don't know, but it is interesting because I, a few years ago, I probably would have been surprised at them even having PC ports. So I do think there, there seems to be like giving way a little bit, but I don't know that they're going to go full out and have something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's I, a, it's a, I mean, obviously capitalism Sony... will push you wherever. It needs to, and you'll go there probably.
2: And, so, and Sony obviously isn't as closely aligned with the PC gaming market as Microsoft is with, you know, the own Windows and Xbox. So it makes sense for them to be more kind of supportive of the PC sure. side. And, and it is all part of their, you know, Game Pass, you know, bundle you get the PC game and the Xbox game, cross-progression. cross, cross progression. That's all great, and it's definitely an advantage that Microsoft has. But again, Sony, Sony has shown, I think, time and again, that they don't necessarily feel like they need to, you know anytime microsoft does or xbox does something really cool that they need to like copy it like for like like even the what we thought was going to be the play the the game pass competitor is is really not that it's a different kind of offering so sony's happy to do its own thing i you know if we're not going to get them day and date which we probably never will i'm just glad they are at least being as supportive of pc as as they are and and allowing some of these you know because these games are fantastic right so many of the games that we're talking about here whether it be uh, Returnal or Uncharted or Horizon or what are some of the other, like, Spider-Man now. These are all fantastic games. And just the fact that PC gamers get to play them at all, even if there's a bit of a wait, is to be applauded. And I'm really glad Sony's being as supportive as the, of the PC platform as they are.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Now let's dig into story number six as we start to close out with FIFA 23 reclaims the Juventus license after three years of PES exclusivity. This comes from uh, Matt Kim over at IGN, who writes the Italian football club Juventus is coming back to EA starting with FIFA 23, which will be released on September 30th. In a press release, EA announced that it has agreed to a multi-year partnership with Juventus that will welcome the Italian club back to EA Sports, starting with the next FIFA game and continuing when ea rebrands as ea sports fc juventus previously had an exclusive relationship with konami for its pro evolution soccer series for the past three years the new deal means juventus players stadiums jerseys will appear in the next ea soccer game but the two brands will also work across a number of lifestyle and cultural initiatives bringing new opportunities outside of football gary are you excited about juventus, I, making a momentous I, return to fifa
2: I like the FIFA games and I played it for some reason. It never occurred to me that Juventus is not in FIFA. That's really weird. Like they have every club, every player in the world, but that's like they have this one. And Juventus is one of the biggest clubs in world football. The fact that it's that they have their own licensing arrangement that is somehow separate from everything else. That's just a really weird, like as an OCD kind of person that would drive me crazy that that's the one, like there's one big club that's not there, but they have everything else.
1: Um, yeah it's it wasn't always the case um I was like looking into this slash talking to my brother who's also like FIFA obsessed alongside me like we play all the time um and that Juventus was in FIFA at least for FIFA 19 because they had that Ronaldo cover in the Jersey um so that's like a it is a unique thing though because I and I was asking him about this not that he you know is doing the licensing or anything but I'm like isn't it just that you get you get all the stuff like why would you have like a piecemeal situation and i think it's just because it is such a big club that they can have a little bit more wiggle room and i guess that they went over to to pez um there is a fake juventus in fifa it's called like um oh gosh what's the name i think it's pierre Montmont, which was a real club at one point but like it isn't like a defunct club basically and it's like it's basically fake Juventus because it's like it's really uh, it's like oh they're really good like it has all of like the kind of bells and whistles that you'd expect from how that team plays, um, but it's not the actual thing, which is the whole point that's of like. So you know, that's interesting. One of the... I never
2: realized that.
1: Yeah, um, I think my brother played against them yesterday, obviously virtually in the game. But he's like, yeah, I just I just played fake, fake Juventus, um, but this is a great get. Um, obviously, Pez with its move to like the free to play model, yeah, yeah eFootball. Um, it's definitely taking a big dip. I mean, I do think it's not
2: worked out great for them so far. No.
1: And I, I feel bad for honestly the, um, that, that community, because there is a divide in like the soccer community of like people that choose that over FIFA. I'm sure some people play both, but usually you just pick one. Um, and for it to kind of really start to be just circling the drain in a big way, uh, is rough. I don't know how much that had to do with like this agreement specifically. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure when this got decided versus when it got announced, but it's cool. to See Juventus come back. Um, just kind of round out that area. And I think also too, it kind of I don't think there's too much stuff from Pez at this point that FIFA would need. Because there's always like a little bit of like this one has this, this one doesn't have the other. Like for a long time Champions League wasn't in FIFA. Now Champions League is in FIFA. I don't think there's too many things on the on the the Pez exclusive list at this point. Um but you know, let me know in the chat or online if there's other stuff that licenses or agreements that are, are held on to. I know there are some exclusive stadiums and things, but I think the football Um, game
2: landscape going forward is going to be really interesting after the, you know, FIFA 23 is going to be the last one, right? And then the FIFA license is going to, FIFA is going to go do different licenses with different companies. You're probably going to see multiple FIFA games across, you know, multiple publishers and developers. And then obviously FIFA becomes EA Sports FC, which by the way, I was thinking about this the other day, like, you know, it's really important to have a name that I think rolls off the tongue. Hey, you want to play some FIFA? Want to play some Madden? What are we going to say now? Want to play some EA Sports FC? Like there just doesn't, feel the same. I don't know what we're, we're going to call it. Yeah, we always really drop
1: the EA Sports.
2: want to play, play some FC? I don't know. It just sounds kind of shitty to me. Want to
1: FC with me?
2: Yeah, you want to FC it up? I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what... I, I, I think EA Sports FC under the new branding is still probably going to be the market leader, right? Because, I mean, they've shown through... Like, if you just want, like, the full production value, glitz and glamour the, you know like the like the like the really polished version of of a football game either fifa has been the, the standard the standard bearer for so long now and i fully expect that to to continue with the new branding and it's gonna be interesting to see what sony i uh, sorry what ea might be able to do you know unencumbered by fifa and they can get into and they can do different you know arrangements yeah. with with the different clubs and the different organizations
1: it'll it'll be interesting because like with with pez they went into this whole like for real rebrand of like okay it's even football now and like we're going free to play and we're doing a whole other thing i'll be curious to see if fifa well now EA sports fc takes any of those uses time to like change up anything or if it really will be the same the same rose with a different name um people in the chat like kebabs mentions EAFC. fc fc i think yeah EAFC, works, that's, that, a
2: EAFC bit... though even that doesn't
1: feel great it doesn't feel great it's not fifa fifa's so EAFC. good But um, speaking of things that are good, let's get into our final story, which is John Cena coming to Fortnite. Uh, The press release reads, (laughs) the champ is here soon. (laughs) Uh, John Cena. Okay. Uh, as part of the Epic Summer Slam, a 16-time champion, John Cena gives opponents an attitude adjustment in Fortnite. The John Cena outfit is available in the item shop starting July 28th at 8 is p.m. Is it the jorts? E-T. Is he
2: wearing jorts?
1: Uh, I don't think he has jorts on. There is a, there's a shirtless one and then one with him. Oh, yeah. He does so yeah, have jorts. he's got to have the jorts. I think it's the jorts. Um, and it also comes with, uh, the set will have like the title back bling that's included with the outfit, the open hand, five digit slapper pickaxe, and the, you can't see me emote pictured above. If you can see its it, going to have you see music.
2: You got to have the theme music as well, right?
1: But they don't, they don't list that here. Like usually the, the full, and again, I'm new to, I'm pretty new to Fortnite. So let me know if I'm wrong, but like the general suites usually do include like everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't mention it here. The theme the theme music will play when you use the emote says Timmy Buddy, is kind of like the assumption. Yeah, it, it probably um, yeah, will be
2: the lobby music.
1: Yeah, the the uh, yeah the emote just has the music attached to it. That probably be the the most of it. Uh, people in the chat, so no DBZ skin. I'm still waiting for the rumored DBZ skin. Every day I log on to twitter.com and I wait to toss that into Slack because I'm hoping that comes through. Um, but uh, John Cena is so far away. If I want to know what's coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look?
2: The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts, each and every weekday.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay. We got Immortality for PC, Multiverses Open Beta, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, and Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town. PS4. Um, Heading over to you're wrong. I think we're basically running a pretty good show. We have a ALWT saying that uh, Juventus is pronounced Juventus, uh, but you corrected. If I corrected myself, then it's not you're wrong. ALWT. I mean,
2: I've 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 only ever heard it pronounced as Juventus. Do I do I have? Have we all been saying it wrong all this time?
1: I was saying Juventus before. You say Juventus. What, What do you say Juventus? Juventus. And they're saying it's Juventus.
2: I pronounce. I just. I. I don't know about the back end, but like anytime of any time like, I've any because I obviously watch a lot of football coverage all around the world. Anytime any time I've any ever heard a player or a, or 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 a, or a sports cast to talk about Juventus, it's 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 pronounced with a with a with a Y rather than H. It's Juventus. But I, I. I mean, you know, for for Chet years though, lots.
1: Chat saying you're right that it's Juventus. Where were y'all at this whole time then? And also, <laughs> so ALWT the Uno reverse on the you're wrong. Um, it's like, yeah, it's got layers to it, but obviously I don't know. I haven't heard a lot. I haven't I, like I, I heard spent it said years, as much.
2: I spent years thinking I was being clever by, by saying Jose Mourinho. And I found out as I, I eventually said, no, it's Jose, which is weird. Like you did the, the last thing you'd think you'd be pronounced as a J sound, but it's actually pronounced Jose Mourinho. So I don't, I I don't know that. football is weird. I usually weird
1: say Mourinho. So yeah. I don't say his first name a lot anyway, but yeah. Cool. So you Juventus. 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 Juventus, yeah, Juventus. OK, uh, and then we have uh, clubs that can have their licensing agreements with games. Actually, Konami has the licensing with Barcelona. Um, but, you know, et cetera on the, the details there. And yeah, I think that's it. Not too bad. An almost flawless run. Um, and coming up next for Wednesday tomorrow, we have uh, Blessing and myself. And if you're watching live after this, we have Fighting Game Boot Camp with IDOM. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Games. Remember, this has been... Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those who are subbed to the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.